What's up, everybody? This is Eric German, and I'd like to welcome you to the very first episode of the Boston Ski Party presented by The Ski Monster. For those of you who don't know, I'm one of the co-founders of The Ski Monster, and I couldn't be more stoked to be hosting this podcast. Our goal with the show is to give you an unfiltered look behind the curtain of the ski and snowboard industry. We find ourselves having some really dope conversations, whether it's here at the store, on a mountain testing skis, or out grabbing cocktails with some of our favorite homies from the industry. So, we figured, why not build a podcast studio right here in HQ to broadcast these conversations to the world? Each episode, our producer Garrett Finn and I will be talking with guests ranging from TSM team members to athletes to major movers and shakers that push this industry forward. On this episode, the premiere episode, we have a very special guest. I couldn't think of anyone I'd rather kick things off with than my very best friend, my business partner, fellow co-founder of the Ski Monster, Burrito Connoisseur, a.k.a. Trey Millionaire, Mr. George Michelson III. We sat down with George and talked to him about some of the major changes that we've seen at the company over the past few years. We reminisced a bit about our days shoveling the shit in the trenches together and some of the lessons that we've learned through the trials and tribulations of growing a brand now known as the Ski Monster. Enjoy the show. Holler. Is what it is, man. It is what it is, man. It is what it is, man. It is what it is, man. It's cheap, too. <laughs> TheSkiMaster.com our very first guest on the very first episode of the Boston Ski Party is my best friend, my business partner, Mr. George Michelson III. What up, though? Yo. Thanks for having me. George, what's going on? I'm doing great now. Yeah? Yeah. I feel like this is a pretty appropriate first guest. First guest. Um, in the, in the so? new room. Do you this really is a, think this so? is a big get. <laughs> it's a huge get. Yeah. I, I am honored. Not to put the pressure on, but... Kind of, you're kind of important when telling the uh, the story of this here ski shop. I mean, we had to put it on his calendar months ago. It's true, Got maybe th- years. Yeah, He's yeah, a busy guy. Years ago, we yeah, p- we planned this podcast seven years ago. Mm. Believe it or not, I actually back when I was just a customer of, here at the shop, I would walk in every time. I'd be like, George. Get ready for the pod. He had no idea what he was, <laughs> what I was talking about. I was like, he's like, what are you talking about? I was like, you'll see, you'll see. But, uh, and here we are. Here we are. Here we are in the studio. In the studio. Not only in the studio, but in the new office space above Ski Monster Boston downstairs, which is pretty rad considering that, you know, George and I decided to start this business together a long time ago. And uh, now we are in downtown Boston in a, in a pretty dope spot. It's pretty nuts. Yeah, that actually was a, a long time ago. I mean, we opened up here almost eight years ago and dot com started uh, eight or nine years before that. And now we have a very first episode of a podcast. I know we're kind of like doing stuff backwards. Yeah. That's typical ski monster fashion. It's true. Start online then open a store, do all that stuff and then start a podcast. Yeah. It's a natural progression. You saying the podcast should have came a long time ago. Well, I think that's how a lot of other people would do it, but that's not how we're going to do it. No, that's not how we're doing it. We work backwards. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. have to go backwards in order to go forwards. It's kind of like, uh, like shoots and ladders kind of. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't played. Everyone wants to go. I haven't played CNL in a while. (laughs) (laughs) We could get a game going, little operate game, dude. As a kid, what was your favorite board game? Um, what the hell is it called? Sorry. 
Ooh, okay. Sorry is a good one. <laughs> yeah. Sorry is a good one. Yeah. And yeah. you know what? Pretty fitting name because I Holy wipe the crap. floor with your so- sorry ass. <laughs> 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 My microphone has fallen. Dude, episode one issues, dude. It's it's part of the grit. It's, it's part, part of, of yeah. it's part of it's part of the grind. The, the new table. Grind. I think we get a new table. Uh, maybe next week, dude. I think that's gonna help out. It's gonna help out a lot. Might want to fix that. Georgia, what was your favorite board game as a kid? Um, it was uh, what the heck, uh, Mousetrap. Ooh. I mean, how could it not be? It was fun to set up. It was fun to set up. And uh, honestly, I don't think I ever played the game. I just did the whole set the mousetrap. You just want to set it up? Set it up and yeah. watch it fly. Yeah. 100%. Guess who is another good one. I was just going to say that. Dude. I'm just trying to distract while I, I uh, just, fix I, this mic stand, so I brought up another game. I, I was honestly just going to say that because that was, that was one of my favorite. Guess who? Played a lot of Guess Who. Oh, yeah. I think you got a good person now, dude. Nice. Oh. Who bought these tables? This table is like the softest plastic. It is. It's it's a Bills Mafia table. It is a Bills this Mafia table. This is meant table. for a Buffalo Bills fan to go flying through it at a tailgate <laughs> I mean, and <laughs> nothing else. <laughs> it's kind of, it's it's an embarrassing podcast table. But again, we're working out the kinks. We're going out the kinks. We're working out the kinks. Episode one. Uh, I hope George, our guest, understands. Um, but, you know. I get it. I get it. You're doing your best. We're doing yeah. our best. And we always try to do our best here at Ski Monster. Isn't that That's right? right? That's right. Yeah. You we're just say that. Well, yeah. I mean, it's what we do. Yeah. And just wrap but it up. But we're not tryhards. No, no, never. No. No, it's not. But we do, do try hard. It comes natural to us. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> all of this. <laughs> uh, doing our best all the time here at Ski Monster Boston. Wrapping up another season here, which has been an absolute banger. Um, and those of you guys who don't know, um, we actually went to full appointment only here at TSM Boston. And it's been really pretty incredible. And, you know, George is here today with us. So let's just ask Georgia point blank, man, how the season go? And let's talk about appointment only, dude. How's it going? Well, I mean, I guess, I mean, we should probably go back even further to the reason we opened the store in the first place. And it was to provide customers with the best experience possible. And um, we definitely executed on that. And because we, we did the traffic and the amount of people that were coming into the store um, all year round just got to an unmanageable level. And right. since there's so many people coming through here all the time, um, we needed a way to really manage and control the traffic. Because, I mean, I think most of us here would agree the last two years prior to COVID happening, the experience was subpar i've heard it was like best buy on black friday it was just chaotic it was chaos yeah people running around um and you just couldn't you couldn't get individualized service at all um no it 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 fell off so um you know we had to you know get back to what we initially set out to do which was provide a great experience and there is no way to do that without being appointment only yeah if you want to provide great service for customers you yeah. um, and you have tr- the traffic. Mm-hmm. You have to be appointment only, right? And we have the traffic. And I, yeah, I, I obviously uh, start. I started last year, so I haven't. I've never experienced the non-appointment system. So I'm, that kind of makes me soft in a way. I, I don't. 
I don't have the grit of uh, you didn't you, gr- you didn't grind through the that. chaos, dude. Yeah, no, it's the, all right uh, though. What do you what did you call it again when the the fuckening the store would fill <laughs> up at everybody gets out of work and comes to the ski monster. We, we'd all wait to the to the right hour and we look at each other and be like, here it comes. Six thirty p.m. was a a dangerous time, and that was called the fuckening. <laughs> Yeah. Such a good name. <laughs> Such a good name. We because all knew it all day when, you, too. when I hear that word, I ju- it just pops into my head exactly what it was like. Just completely chaotic all over the place. Which is the um, exact opposite of what we were trying to, you know, do. And like stupidly, we gave ourselves these like weird pats on the back. Like, oh, we're such a busy store. And we were a fucking busy store. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Were there yeah. ever any fights between customers? Um, not no. that we're aware of. No. Yeah. But there was some, I mean, there was some shenanigans had, going on in the back some, of the store. Oh, that's incidents, another thing yeah. that doesn't happen anymore because of appointments is, uh, there were, was it some, didn't someone walk to the back of the store? <laughs> someone like smoking a cigarette and drugged out or something? Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> so th- there's no, there's no more smoking at Ski, at Ski Monster Boston. No, it's a so, non-smoking yeah, it's establishment. It's a non-smoking environment. <laughs> 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 you know, even if you put in your appointment notes, you like certain types of cigars, which you'll hear on the Devin and Tate episode, she'll be able to help you. She will. Uh, <laughs> Connoisseur. But, um, and you kind of eliminate all that riffraff. Um, and then, you know, basically to, to talk a little bit more with what George is saying, providing a certain service for people. Like we got to a point where it, it was so wild that like you didn't know who to gauge and how to gauge them because there are so many people, maybe they're just passing through going to a sporting event or just going home from work. And then there are some people that really needed the service and you didn't know who to who to talk to. Really. You couldn't you couldn't tell the difference between people because you were just doing the next person in line. Um, and then getting to the next one. And unfortunately, the person that was most excited always ended up being the last in line. And the person you want to please the most is maybe we never even get to talk to them because they're sitting there waiting, you know, and they only have so much time of the day. They got shit they need to do. Right. They need to go catch a train, get home. Right. Do whatever. Right. And if, if I imagine if, uh, you know, hundreds of people are coming in the store in waves, it's very hard to filter who's here to actually get the best ski stuff and have have a good experience shopping and who's here to kill time before a Bruins game right totally it, it, and also you know if you do start helping somebody and they they want more than just like what maybe is on the surface like maybe you can take this one person and help them with a whole bunch of stuff but you're so concerned that you're taking too too much time and you're onto the next thing that you're trying to rush that person out when in reality is that person needs a little bit more time and we kind of lost that prior to going appointment only. Yeah. And, um, you know, honestly, what did you think when you started here? We were appointment only. What did you think of us being appointment only? Well, so I didn't really understand. I mean, I, did, I obviously hadn't seen the store before and I hadn't put much thought into it. I'd never heard of a ski store being appointment only. So that was kind of weird. It was also kind of we were coming out of COVID. So I was like, Oh, that makes sense. It checks out. Um, but part of me was like, well, I get it for skis, boots, bindings. That should be a one-on-one thing where it's super personalized and you kind of understand. But I also just before working here, I didn't have much knowledge when it comes to ski outerwear. So I kind of, I kind of thought, well, why not just let anybody in to look at, you know, clothes, gloves, all that stuff. But as I've kind of figured out 
more about this industry and more about customers and what they like, I think every every single uh, faction of this store should be a one-on-one or, I mean, obviously a group can come in for an appointment, but it should be a small group with specialized help. Yeah, I mean, because like shopping for a full outerwear kit, head to toe, multiple base layer socks, you know, mid layers, jackets, that's not a less than getting fit for right. ski boots. And, you know, they might want more than one kit and then mm-hmm. they might have taste and colors. I mean, it can it can take a long time right. to figure that out and to have, you know, um, staff in there that knows um, everything about the products then has a good eye for the stuff that can answer every single question. And they're not juggling, you know, 40 customers, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, we should have done this, you know, a long time ago. And it, honestly, we, we did talk about going to an appointment only structure before. COVID. Oh, you did? We did. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we were initially talking about it, it was very similar to what you just brought up. Like, oh, we'll probably do this in like skis and boots and stuff and mm-hmm. see how everything goes. Um, but COVID just ended up being a, a catalyst where it was easier for us to roll this out. Yeah. And us being appointment only now has nothing to do with COVID. It's all about customer experience. Right. And needing to do that. Yeah. When we do that, everything works out really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, d- I just can't stress enough how, uh, how um, just how crazy it must have been when hundreds of people were coming to the store. Just I mean... There's so many factors. We're right next to the Boston Garden. So anytime there's an event there, there are people drinking, there are people walking around, they're looking for something to do. So they come into the ski store and they start touching everything. And yeah, they're not interested in buying. No. Sully from Charlestown, dude. He's uh, <laughs> wearing a Bruins jersey. <laughs> yeah. And you, you eliminate the whole theft thing too, you know, to, to that point. Oh, you know, yeah. Th- dude, there's, how, there's much zero do you think, how much do you think used to get stolen here in a year? Oh, well, I only know because you've told me. Hundred thousand dollars, about a hundred thousand bucks. That's at wholesale, hundred thousand bucks. That's wild. A ton. Of that stuff. is wild. So you know, like some people can get a little upset with like you know the host or hostess at the front. Like you know, I just want to buy a hat. Okay, I get that it's cold and you want to do this thing really quick, but the answer is no. I mean, the second we do that, I mean, it's so much stuff that gets, you know, taken from here. Yeah, what yeah, would thanks. what was what was the strategy to steal? Like it, it, it was just so busy. Yeah, yeah. And people would just like pocket pair oh, of gloves, yeah. pocket goggles because the staff gets overwhelmed. Yeah, so then nobody's watching. You know, the other people that get kind of up upset, you know, at the front is like, "Well, you guys don't look that busy." And like, we, the goal isn't to look like this is a shit show. Yeah, right. It, it yep. is, I mean, if it does, then the we're not doing our job correctly. Yeah, yeah. So the fact that you're saying that. You know, I think you guys can handle another thing. I mean, that just means that we're in control of what we have going on. And there's so many parts that they don't even know are happening. Like downstairs, at any given time, it's very possible that four mounts are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, in let's say in like a 30-minute slot, four mounts, mm-hmm. two tunes, mm-hmm. um, three boot stretches. Yeah. And then that's just downstairs. No one can see that when they even walk in. And all that you stuff know? is done on the spot, too. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing's left here. You, you can't drop off stuff. It's it, You have an appointment for a ski tune up or a mount or a boot stretch or something like that or boot work. All that is done within the, a lot of time slot and you take your stuff with you. And that's a huge, that's another huge ass or an, another huge thing that came from appointment only 
because it used to be you brought your skis in, drop them off, they'd sit in the basement. So, it, well, that's what it is at every every ski shop, right? Like, you know, it, let's take in as much as we can, and then say, you know, this is going to be done in so many days instead of just managing, you know, the workload on mm-hmm. the front end. I mean, the the last year that we that we were not appointment only, I think at one point there was like close to five hundred pairs of skis. Oh my god! Like cus- customer skis. Yeah, in the basement, and we're yeah. all you know. And like, there's what, so much of happening, a, and there's a huge risk for when you get to that amount of, you know, a mistake just happening. Because there's a lot of, you know, like a, a mantra with a griffin on it that all look the same or a black pearl yeah. or a white squire or, you Something's going to go wrong. Yeah. Because there's only a, so many heads down there to figure this all out. Yeah. And then and, from, a, from a customer service side, you know, everyone is calling looking for their stuff. Yeah. So you're adding this whole layer of customer service that you didn't really need to do because the phone's ringing off the hook or the emails are coming in and they're saying, hi, my name is so-and-so, or, hey, is my stuff ready? I want to pick it up. And times that by 500 on a, on a Friday morning or Friday afternoon yeah. when everyone's trying to go north, you're like, holy crap, this is crazy. And right. you have to, and we had to physically check because I, if you call in like, hey, is my uh, ski for Garrett Finn done? Like, I better, I got to go down there and make sure everything is actually done so you don't show up and are ticked off. Mm-hmm. So that times 500. Right. Yeah. Which is, that probably took like 10 minutes. But yeah, yeah you're also dropping everything you're doing on the floor to go do that. Yeah. Yep. Like you're helping someone with ski boots or, or with a jacket. And now you have to go downstairs and, and, you know, fire through 500 sets of skis looking for Finn and make sure everything is done. Yeah. So I can go ahead and tell you to come pick up your stuff. Right. And so I just through being here, overhearing what, whether it was angry customer at the, front desk talking to the host or whatever people will be like how could you be turning business away what, what would you have to say to that well i mean we george so <laughs> sorry it's okay i just um, have to specify <laughs> uh i mean we we would have less business we did less business when we had the floodgates open yeah i mean the numbers don't lie yeah i mean we're we're doing a lot more dollars now because we're providing a better experience. Mm-hmm. The second we just start letting whoever in doing that favor, I mean, you have to draw the line somewhere and our line is pretty simple. You have to make an appointment to get in here for anything. Mm-hmm. And if that's too much for you to do, there's other places you can go. Yeah, that's, that's fine. You can buy stuff from us online if you want, but if you want to come work with anyone here, that's what you have to do it. And for the person that was able to do, you know, that appointment process, who could do that. And they might've done that 30 days in advance, Mm -hmm. maybe more if they called customer service. Why do I have to stop what I'm doing with them to accommodate you? Because Mm -hmm. you don't have your shit together. Well, they're essentially saying that their time is more valuable than yours. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and the other person here, the other person, right. And you're like, this is, well, that's BS. Yeah. This person went through the effort of making the appointment. They went through the process. they it, it's not steps, just that so. one person. There's a person after that and a person after that. And yeah. so what was supposed to squeeze you in? Like, like there's the like schedule's full. The craziest thing about when people are surprised that we're appointment only, like there's, it doesn't say it anywhere. Like, dude, it says it, it, says it on, says the it, front <laughs> door. on the front door. <laughs> like it's, it's really obvious. first thing you see when you go to our website, <laughs> it says it on Yelp. It says it on Google. It says it all over the website. And yeah. it definitely came up if you called. Yeah. It definitely came up if you emailed. And so on, from a management perspective on the employing all these people side of things, it it makes it easier, right? Well, that's a whole other aspect. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what's also kind of crazy is we have, 
way more people now than we did um, before. But, you know, when you're not trying to, like, deal with all of this chaos, um, you're able to hire people, like, in, you know, customer service, marketing. Uh, I mean, you just have – you're able to see what's going on a little bit more, you know, with some elevation instead of just staring at this <laughs> – freaking craziness that's right in front of your face. Right, right. And it also gives you an opportunity to do things like this, um, content, marketing yeah. side oh, and, of things. And ski more, dude. Like the amount of ski days everyone gets here now is ridiculous in comparison to pre-appointments. Mm -hmm. So the customer experience is better. Mm -hmm. We make more money. And, get and we ski, ski more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like people get to spend more time with their families. I mean, every it's, it's great. Life is good. It, and, and also as someone that, that had appointments all year yourself, right? Yeah. How, how awesome is it getting to work and like looking at your schedule and being like, okay, I know my exact schedule and how my day is going to go. Yeah. And it's, you might know your week, dude. Yeah. You might know your month. Totally. Versus you just standing there being like, all right, um, when is, when, uh, how's this going to go today? Are we going to get all at once? It's going to, uh, how's my day going to go? Yeah. When can I even eat lunch? Well, now you literally know as you walk in in the morning, like, oh, sweet. This, I got my, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah. And you know, the thing is, is like when uh, a staff member at any establishment is less stressed out. They are providing the customer with a better experience. It's true, hundred percent. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and that uh, that overwhelming feel of helping four or five people at once from different parties has to create. It takes you off your game, dude. Could you imagine getting your fucking hair cut and the barber is cutting five heads of hair at one time? Like crazy. what the hell is that? I, I would laugh. I, I would <laughs> be like, ridiculous. "This." I, I, I normal people would walk out, but I'd be like, yeah. "This is." And it, essentially, that's what we did, and people just were like, "Oh, this is normal." Yeah, this is normal. Well, because well, they haven't they they haven't seen anything else. It, yeah, it's, it's I, wild I, across the board. Oh, that's how it other, works at every single ski shop. There's seven other people getting boot fit by the same gentleman that's helping us. This is great. Yeah, that's that is that sounds crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now we got it dialed. Appointment only. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that we might see this kind of trending the appointment only direction um, to other places, I would assume, um, especially from at least at least a good section of what they're selling, like boots or, or ski or maybe personal shopper type stuff. But I can see a lot of other stores going this direction if they already haven't and if they have keeping it kind of a part of their buying process. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I would be it would be I'd be shocked if everyone just kind of opened the floodgates again because it just doesn't work. So the appointment only thing has definitely been a win. Um, it's, it's been incredible. Speaking of wins, this upstairs new office has also been a win. And the amount of stuff that we can focus on now with so additional space um, from a product perspective, from a content perspective, from basically doing a podcast, I mean, it's, it's pretty rad what it kind of opens for Ski Monster and really just excited to, to – be more like media savvy in the sense of like having way more options to, to make Ski Monster grow. Well, yeah, I mean, we just, we outgrew the space that we had downstairs. We made an awful lot happen in that 11,000 square feet. And, you know, we couldn't do like even right now. Um, so, you know, boot fits are happening literally right below our feet mm -hmm. um, as we're recording this. Right. Customer service is, you know, a few rooms over doing their phone call thing. There's product reviews 
being shot. And then there's a meeting back in the showroom and that couldn't happen before. No, you know, um, it was like, Oh, we had to go leave for lunch or, you know what? We'll get here super early to do this before the store opens or whatever. So to be able to do so many things, um, at one time is pretty freaking awesome. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I feel super lucky that we're able to have, you know, this space literally right above, you know, not have to go, you know, 10 miles down the street or yep. whatever. This right. Is, this is great. Yeah. Keeping yeah. it all in, in, in house in the same, in the same building is, is incredible. Mm -hmm. It makes the whole thing just flow and function. Right. And yeah. if you need a, if you need a, someone who's on the sales floor to make a quick video, you can just grab them, bring them upstairs. Oh, it's incredible. Cause and, the stuff's uh, set up all the time. Right. As, as opposed to before, um, which if you've ever wondered why we've had less, you know, product videos, all that stuff. I mean, it takes a long time to set that up, get the lighting right, do whatever. And then you have to tear it all down in order for the store to be open. So even right. if you got here at five or six in the morning, mm -hmm. you know, pretty much everything had to be torn down by 10, 10, 15 in the morning. Right. And then, you know, grab a coffee, get ready to talk to whoever about stuff. Yeah. Now, no tear down. It's good to go. I got to go talk about a, you know, Ripstick 96 black for yep. 10 minutes. All right, let's do it. And it's a 10 minute thing. And that makes it so much easier for everybody involved. Obviously right. the production people are used to the, how much time it takes them to do it. But I'm talking for the salesperson who's making the content. It's so much easier to just dip in and have it not be a big thing. Oh yeah. And another thing that's possible with appointments, because like right now I'm, well, all three of us are, we're all blocked off the schedule to record a podcast yes. right you know versus just being on the floor literally waiting for people to come in mm -hmm. yeah and then whoever else would be down there you know oh let's just deal with this you know onslaught of people because three people just bowed out yeah right so right it's it's we, we can't produce the content we want to produce and it's not fair to the people that we leave hanging out to dry mm -hmm. we've eliminated that completely which is awesome no and uh, you know i've 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 kind of been you know maybe we all have but the, the content that goes out for all the products that we sell has been, I don't know, honestly, pretty lame. And, you know, in what the Ski Monster likes to do with everything is just give the, you know, products the credit they deserve. Mm -hmm. They're super sick. Let's make them look super sick. Let's shoot this better. Um, you know, do everything better. Just turn it up. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. And another thing too, that having more space and, and utilizing it properly is that we wanted to provide a customer service experience, um, to everybody, not just people that come in. Right. Yeah. So the brick and mortar customer experience, you know, with the appointments is, is, is phenomenal. Right. Mm -hmm. We just talked about that. Yep. And you know, when George and I first started ski monster, you know, we were answering every email, every phone call, you know, boxing up every order, you know, pulling every product. And, you know, I think this is, it, it's similar for, for all companies that, that see growth or start to grow is that, you know, you start to transition into different roles and the things that were so important when you started, which would for George and I would have been customer service, right? We got to make sure that we get the orders out right away, contact the customer, answer that phone call, massage it, be like, you know, make sure they have the best possible experience ever. Mm -hmm. And then you start to grow and you, know, and you start to do other things. And then as you, your company starts to expand, you know, it's like, oh, we need to get back to, to square one. Right. Yeah. Because you, you, you kind of forget that that's the most important part as right. you grow, you know? And when we saw that on the sales floor with, with appointments only, it's like, okay, 
back to the emails and the phone calls and everything that goes along with that. And now that we have a full customer service crew um, and a whole room full of customer service people, it's it's been a huge, huge help. Yeah, and, right. and, and I, I, I really do believe that we do have the best customer service team that would compete with any business, any industry. I mean, they are, they're, they're, they're so they're dialed awesome. on the stuff that they know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, they really do want customers to be happy and do the right thing. And if you're cool, they will, they got your back. They're, yeah. they're the best. Yep. But you know, like with customer service, bolstering that up, we can't, I think a lot of companies do this backwards where they do all of this marketing hype and then, you know, it's kind of like an overpromise, underdeliver situation where there's not even anyone to pick up the phone. Yeah. And we were talking about doing some stuff backwards. We made sure that, okay, now that we have this second floor, yes, there's all this marketing stuff that we could do and will do. Mm-hmm. But when we do that, we have to have all these people ready to Someone answer Someone ready to answer the phone. Yeah, and do so quickly. Yeah. I mean, and you send an email. They respond to you super duper fast. Right. So now we can dump, you know, some more gasoline in the marketing right. fire. And I imagine that's just an impossible thing to be able to prioritize. When, what, like back in the day when it was just you guys, Dylan, Brady, wearing the hats, um, it, you're not going to take time off of answering phone calls, caring for customers because, to make a video because if you, if you miss that stuff, you're screwed. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah totally, totally. <laughs> totally. I mean, you're trying to drive revenue. Like that's the most important thing yeah. in that, at that time, you know, when, when we first, before even that, it was just, we had a number, it would just go to George and I's cell phones. Yeah. And like, you know, the person thought they were calling a business and it was really just our well, cell they, phones. They were calling a business. <laughs> they were calling a business. The business of George and Eric's but, cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it forwarded and we knew it was a ski monster phone call if it wasn't in our uh, caller IDs. Cause there wasn't, you know, spam phone calls or anything like that. Yeah. At the time. So then, you know, like we could be, you know, on the boat wake surfing or whatever. And like, like oh shit. Like <laughs> I see a phone number that I don't recognize. Eric's like, yep. Yeah. And then turn the music down, <laughs> stop the boat, put it back in neutral. Hey guys, everybody be quiet. Hey, ski monster. <laughs> that is 100% accurate. <laughs> on the boat's Bluetooth yeah. speakers doing yeah. a customer yeah. service call. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was wondering if my order shipped yet. Uh, and we obviously knew we didn't have many customers at that time. So when they said what they ordered, we probably already knew their customer name. We're like, yeah, yeah. Yes, know that shipped. Yep. And there's not many uh, order numbers to look through. So yeah, let me email you that tracking number. Yeah, right now. yeah. But, but what I will say is I always ask for their order number. Just to sound like we, there's just so many. sound like there's too many. to. Oh, I'm going to have to yeah, comb yeah. through all seven of these. <laughs> Do you have your order number handy, please? Oh, Nice. Yeah, good times. That's a sweet little flex. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, but... Then we to, to, to talk about the phone here. So pre-appointment only, and as you know, we hit these growth spikes at TSM Boston, the phone was just ringing off the hook. Mm-hmm. And still at that time, it, it, wasn't, it was a pretty skeleton crew. So when there was, you know, George doing five or six boot fits. But it's we, amazing we made it through that time. We did yep. it. We did and there's it. still stores that do that. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And what's, what's crazy is that people actually were okay with it. Yeah. I mean, they were like, oh, this is great. Oh, it's a ski this shop. Is it's supposed to be a shit experience. Yeah. Just part what of the, the process. Fuck? Is yeah. that, well, they don't know anything else. Right. It's true. The bar is pretty low. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. But the, and then again, just to finish my point, the phone was literally ringing off the hook. 
And it had like this secondary ring if both of all the lines ring at the same time. Yeah. And it was like, it got louder. Yeah. That it would just like, it would like scratch your brain. Like mm-hmm. you'd be so, the anxiety levels for everyone was like, dude, pick up the fucking phone. We're going to have to preload that sound on this, <laughs> on, on this mixing board <laughs> just to bring back some, I'll take the headphones off. I'll take the headphones off. But uh, it became almost like a, I hate to say it, but it's true. It, it became almost like a burden. Right. And, and that's the opposite way to look at the phone ringing because they're obviously calling for a reason mm-hmm. and you need to service those customers just a, as, as much as the person that's just standing in front of you. Yeah. Um, and we, you know, you, you prioritize the person in front of you because you're trying to grow a business. Mm-hmm. And now you realize that that person is just as important. So now we have, like George said, some of the best customer service people like in the game and, and they're, they're on it every day. It's, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So uh, even for like answering emails and live chat too. I mean, remember the first time we tur- we turned on live chat? Oh yeah. <laughs> and we were like, Oh, shut it off. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> what, what happened? Let's hear it. Um, when we, uh, when we installed live chat, there was, it defaulted to, hitting up somebody after they hit like two or three pages. Okay. So it was it's like everyone it was on the like, site. Hey, how's it going? Let me know if you have any questions. Okay. Times, you know, however many hundreds at that time. Mm-hmm. And then there was no one there to answer the question. Respond. <laughs> and once they said how they're doing. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> what the fuck? Whoops. Yeah. So what year was that? that? Uh, we were, we were open here Six, when we did that. Okay. Six. Could have been 16. 16. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that was down for like a day and then figured out the mistake that we made. And then live chat went back up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was exciting. Like, oh, this is going to be sick. And then you're like, oh, wait, we don't have anyone to answer these questions. Yeah. <laughs> There's 100 people right. in the store. There's 100 <laughs> people asking questions on live chat. Shut it down. Shut it down. Yeah. <laughs> Just blow it all up. Full blown anxiety mode. Um, so uh, something you'd mentioned that appointments help you do help us do here at the shop is get more ski days. And I kind of want to talk to you about uh, what test days have become and how important they are to curating our inventory and kind of building our, our stock. They're everything. I mean, that's how we started. So um, when we started the Ski Monster, um, it was just after going to uh, an industry demo at Stratton where um, every single brand was at. They have every single model there. And Eric and I got back and were, you know, talking about how crazy it was, how different everything skied from how we heard that they skied. Yeah. And we're like, you know, if we actually told people these differences, we could probably sell a lot of skis in the internet. Right. So um, ski models change, you know, every single year. There's mid-season launches, all that stuff. And the only way that we can know what those differences are is by skiing them and not just like, um, you know, at one demo, like we did back in 2005, I mean, literally every single day we're out on the Hill is a test day, Mm -hmm. regardless if it's organized and, um, by, you know, Matt, our marketing guy, um, or it's, I'm in Jackson hole with my wife and I, we each, bring out on this trip it was uh um she was on current year ranger 102s and i was on next year's yeah so i'm in jackson hole and i have four days on fisher rangers yeah yeah right um but you know with with testing 
I mean, that's how we figure out how to write uh, product reviews. It's yep. how our customer service people mm-hmm. know what to say on the phone. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not reading from like some booklet that we give them. Yeah. I mean, they, they could be, it's just a whole different ball game. Once you've skied on it, you're, you're able to talk about it so much more clearly than what you've read about it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like, and they can honestly say like, um, if, if, a if a customer was like, you know, I felt that this, uh, didn't grip well, does this grip better? And when they believe themselves, like I know that this declivity 92 absolutely rails. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think, you know, that authenticity really resonates with people. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's incredible. I mean, just for your own perspective, Gary, this is your first year, right. W- with, with us yeah. in, the, in the whole testing process and crew, or whatever. And this is like the first time that you've been able to go like how many skis in a row side by side. It, y- your, your mind was probably like, holy shit. Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. I, I've, I've only known how to like the, how this ski would feel or that ski would feel, but now I know how like 30 feel. Right. And I didn't really, I, I really, um, I didn't realize there was such a big difference between skis before testing yeah. them in a row. Right. Yeah. Like they do feel significantly different. I oh, mean, yeah. not, Even not like, all of them, but a, like, uh, Fisher Ranger 102 and a I don't, something from the same family, like a like a Bent Chetler, a, a Bent right. 100 is going to feel way different, right? Yeah. And and like you know, prior to you kind of coming on board and, and being a part of the team, it's like you go in and someone you could read it somewhere mm-hmm. or you could have someone talk to you about it, but you're like, okay, yeah, cool. But then when you actually ski it side by side, you're like, holy shit, this is sick. And skis that are pretty similar, pretty and similar, pretty similar yeah. in um. Their dimensions, like a Fisher one, Ranger 102 or a Bent 100, if you read about those skis, you're going to think they're the same thing. Yeah, a lot of times. 100% would, yeah. Because yeah. that's what both descriptions going to give you. Yep, you and just got to feel there. it out. I mean, I, yeah, the, yeah, descriptions from, you know, that manufacturer and then most of our competitors' websites. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, so clear, like, when, you know, I read, you know, whatever from them, like, they don't ski on any of this stuff. They don't yeah. know the difference between anything. They don't know up from down, left from right. They're just trying to move product and there's not as much passion um, for this, you know, skiing and snowboarding that we have. Right. And, and it's it just, it's just a copy and paste from the, the manufacturer's catalog. Close. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, they, they might do like a small edit, but it's, it's just, you know, it's a crap review. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing, you know, with ski monster ski testing is that we're not just, we're not just here, you know, we're, we're testing this stuff at a lot of different places, yeah. which, yeah. Is, which is not necessarily the case. You know, George and I have been a, a part of a lot of ski tests for magazines or, or just from going and doing this for so long. And like, you know, back to what you're describing about going to that ski test, like a lot of times you'd go to one and be like at Stratton or at Pico or at Loon. And like, that's the only place you, you tested all these skis mm-hmm. that one time under that one condition. And yep. like, you're like, all right, now I have to form my opinion about, this particular model or this particular series of skis because and it was raining for three days at Stratton. Yeah. And honestly, if you think about like, if you were there for one day, how a ski day really actually works. And like, say you got up there the night before you probably, and you're like pretty green to this thing. Yeah. You probably had a bunch of drinks. Now you woke Definitely. up. You have to mobilize your crew to get to the hill. Now it's, 10 o'clock, you don't, like, there's something wrong with lift tickets, passes, and, yeah. like, whatever cards you have to give people. Um, so now it's 10.30. You go test however many skis. If there's a snowboarder with you, because snowboarding testing takes for freaking ever. Yeah. Because they have to swap out bindings. Yep. Can't just move it on a track. 
then you maybe get two to four laps in before lunch. Right. Then you have a lunch. If right. someone has a drink at lunch, now this is taking even longer. Mm-hmm. Now it's one thirty, and then you get towards three o'clock. The people that are doing the demo are kind of just sick of turning screws because they've been there since eight, mm-hmm. even though you didn't get there till ten thirty. Yeah. So then the demo's over. So you really only tested skis for about three hours yeah. when you're at one of those standard industry demos yep. where at the test that you've been to, mm-hmm. you know, we get to the hill at eight thirty nine, depending on temperature. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we run it from nine to about 1230 or one o'clock yep. and we're all swapping skis between us, you know, on the hill. Right. Um, skied back down to the truck, switch out whatever as we need to have lunch, do a few more runs and then we're out. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we get maybe five to five and a half hours right. in a day. And, and like eight pairs of skis, eight to nine pairs of skis. Yeah. Compared to like how many you'd get doing like one lap run. I mean, just taking the same run or the same, uh, under the same conditions at, at one of these industry events. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the testing that we do is, is so much better. I mean, and again, it's curated because of how of the testing that we've experienced in the past. Oh, yeah. So that I, I guess I didn't even get to that part of the question for you. But yes, that's how we pick what we're going to to purchase. Right. Um, and like there are some items um, that, you know, really kind of get jammed down retailers throats or consumers are buying them like crazy. Mm-hmm. And they don't really make a lot of sense. An example of that that we never, you know, got on board with was the Rosinal Soul 7. Okay. Like of probably every retailer in the country. Oh, yeah. We sold the least amount of those. Yeah. Because the ski sucked. Sucked. Yeah. It was horrible. And how are... How are it I, I don't be, know how like, how they sold so many. But I've heard that's sucked. the most overrated ski. Of all time. It's got to be. Of all time. It's 100%. Yeah. I mean, so like... Like in that ski, probably the biggest year of units we ever bought for that was, I don't know, maybe, like maybe 20 mm-hmm. or 15. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the best selling skis On of, all time of all time for yeah. Rosignol. Yeah. And for listeners, 15 skis in like a model isn't a whole lot. It's, that's nothing. Especially for like the best selling ski. The most popular ski. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know. You I guys didn't have that that like light up mannequin statue thing? No, we did. They, <laughs> sent, they sent them to everybody. Yeah, they, we, they electrocuted you. Really? Like, yeah, it was like a European lawsuit it was, pending. <laughs> it, was, it was like a European uh, plug that came with like a converter, and every yeah. single person <laughs> that tried to plug it in, like the first time, got shocked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was pretty sick. Good times, <laughs> good times. But once it was set up, it, it, you know, I gave it to him. It looked kind of cool. Very gimmicky, but looked kind of cool. Until you. you went to the shop next door and until you got zapped. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. Um, but it's amazing that they sold as many as they did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like we weren't going to buy something that we knew sucked because if, if I sold you that pair of skis and I said the same song and dance that every other ski shop did, like, oh, this is the best thing ever. And, you know, cool. Yeah. Sales are great because that's happening. Now you're pissed off. Once you've used it, because you actually do know that it sucks. Yeah. So now that was just a super short-term relationship thing that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And, you know, to go back kind of the customer experience thing, like we really try to have a long-term relationship with all right. customers. Obviously. Not, yeah. a, not this one and done, you know. Sell as many. But what I will say with that ski is because they sold so many and so many people said they liked it, even if they didn't like it, 
they all they would have thought it was them. They, they yeah, it's like they felt like they had to say they liked it. Yeah, one hundred percent. It was really weird. Yeah, I mean, they're, a lot they're, of a lot of lost souls out there. Yeah, a lot of lost souls. Seven. See what oh, I did there? Uh, skiing on that thing, not being like, wait, this what? is supposed to be a great ski. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they and they're afraid to say something. Afraid to say something. Oh, totally. Like, I mean, I can think of like a few focus groups that been at over the last few years and like there'd be kind of like a whisper like hey do you like this also <laughs> and, and i would be like careful like, don't oh my talk God, to i don't either i don't, I don't like, it either. like it either yeah why does oh, everyone like it and then know. like someone pipes in like you guys don't like it either okay yeah. cool yeah no i thought it was weird yeah yeah i can happily say i never skied that ski you're missing nothing i uh i didn't drink the kool-aid no no but traveling around during that time, you saw it everywhere. Mm-hmm. In ski shops, on the hill, it, it was it was crazy. I mean, good for Rosnell, I guess, good but for them, not good for the people who bought it, man. What's the uh, <laughs> what's the not not in terms of how it's rated by and public perception, but what's currently the the most popular ski? That would be the Ripstick, right? Oh, oh, uh, for no. for us or in no? The, I just mean in general. Like for, I feel like I see so many Ripsticks when I'm here. Here on the east. Here, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's not necessarily the case nationwide. But for us, yeah, that, that's a huge, huge ski for us. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, for us, it's, you know, um, it's one of my favorite skis. I prefer the 96 black over the green. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ski has, it, it it has the most use cases. So, I mean, you can throw a griffin on that. You can absolutely charge carb groomers. You can throw a shift on it. You can throw a kingpin on it. Um and tour powder ski you can do literally everything it is the most versatile ski that really exists right and since like there's this whole quest for one and have one ski that can do everything a unicorn a unicorn yeah i think it's a unicorn if it if yeah so yeah i guess i'm down with that yeah yeah um so because it can do all of those things so well it deserves to be you know the best-selling Ski, I mean, we, that's a great ski. Mm-hmm. It is. But from a, from a, a, a national level, it's going to be something a little bit different. Yeah. yeah. So in like men's skis nationally, that would be, um, enforcer 94, 100, mm-hmm. um, Brahma ish Brahma. Mm. And a lot of mantras still sell. Yeah. Kendos. Yep. Kendos. And then from the woman's side, it's, it's pretty easy. It's the black pearl. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, like oh, uh, yeah. like women's women's skis, they um, they're like it's pretty hard. Like once a women's ski earns like its spot, it's pretty hard to dethrone. And that's kind of like everywhere. And as long as we've been doing this, like when we started, yeah. it was you know the women's love skis, yeah, and then like the vocalativas kind of had their place. The bioflex the- core, <laughs> <laughs> and then. And then uh, um, there was the aura and Kenja came out Yeah, and then K2 kind of, uh, fizzled and then the black pearl came out and yeah. it was, you know, uh, Kenja black pearl. Yeah. Um, and, uh, well, what's also funny about the black pearl because when the black pearl came out is when they're launching their, their bull series at the time, which right. is what we know it as now, but they called yeah. it the bull series and it was the, it was the bushwhacker, the, the bonafide. And eventually it was like the, the, the Brahma and the bonafide, but then they had the Black Pearl as the women's version. Right. And we were like, I, th- I thought this was like the Bull series. Like, you guys are doing this like big bull, like rodeo, whatever the fuck. And then the women's series, it, women's key is the Black Pearl. Yeah. We're like, this is stupid. 
Yeah. Wrong. This isn't going to work. <laughs> we were it wrong. <laughs> it's still selling. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, like I think in women's skis right now, if you are um, the Blizzard Black Pearl in Elan Ripstick 88 or 94, mm-hmm. or even like it, I think the the Black Crow's Captain's Birdie is kind of earning its um, place is just kind of like a staple yeah. ski. Yeah. Well, it looks really good too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's so many skis out there, but there's it's it's not as evenly distributed as men's skis. Like, there's very clear winners across the board, not just for us as a retailer. Like, the top skis are right by far and away. Mm-hmm. Yep. From an alpine touring standpoint, George, um, we obviously saw a huge uptick of that from you know during the pandemic. And I mean, everything was, was a Duke or a sh- or really a shift. And then, then the Duke after that, then it was the Duke and the shift, you know, ripsticks, Rangers, um, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Now that, that, that we're kind of getting out of this honeymoon phase, if you will, of COVID, I know that sounds really weird, but people listening know what I mean. Do you still see people going that direction? Um, and does your buyer really reflect that? Or do you see after this year, Hey, we're going more back to, the essentially like the, the, the a Griffin, the Griffin and the attack or warden situation versus what literally all last year we were like everything I felt like was Alpine touring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every a lot of shifts um, for the 2021 season. Um, so in 2021, the 2020, 2021 season, um, we didn't start really selling metal laminate skis, like the enforce Brahma type things um, until about, Christmas, you know, people were nervous mm-hmm. about resorts opening, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And um, this season, I kind of feel like, you know, people, they really, you know, um, they really sank their teeth in the whole touring thing. They had that set up. And then the people that didn't, you know, ski at all last year, yeah. there was like this huge wave of people just buying metal laminate skis and things that would go on Griffin, you know, you'd put a Griffin or attack on that yeah. kind of thing. And Alpine touring has been slower, especially in the hybrid world for like a shift or a Duke type binding. But where I think we're starting to see a departure is like now there's people that are thinking more about having multiple setups. So, um, you know, I have my regular all mountain ski. Um, Maybe I do have a shift on it just in case, Mm -hmm. but I also have, you know, my zero G with, you know, an ATK on it or a Hannibal or a, ripstick tour or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what we're going to start to see over the next few years is there's been such a neglect of frontside carving skis. Yeah. You know, we've been talking about powder and all mountain skis since basically Eric and I, uh, got into this business. Mm-hmm. Right. And now, you know, I mean, conditions in the East, I mean, they're never as good as you hope they're going to be. No. And there's, <laughs> Nope. <laughs> no, they suck. <laughs> and, I mean, you could have a good year, but you need to have a carving ski in your quiver. I mean, even if, like, you're bringing multiple skis to the hill and it's bulletproof until, you know, the sun comes out at 11, just ski on, you know, a Curve GT, a Thunderbird. I mean, an, dude, a so, and, and we briefly talked about this, you know, every time. We, actually, I, I should say we briefly talk about this every time we, we, we go and test. And it's, like, a lot of times at the end of the day, I'm like, Yo, that the narrow ski today was fucking dope. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. narrow skis yeah. are back, dude. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because you know, like you said, like it's been so focused on like 
getting to that 100 millimeter waist, mm-hmm. how you want this key to feel. And then we're going and testing when we do the, the brand test and we kind of go through each model series and you ski that, that front side, if you will, focus one and you're like, do this thing rips. But it wasn't, it wasn't cool. Like, it, yeah. you know, when there was like the whole move going up to like 90, a hundred and even up to like, um, you know, 110 plus millimeter ways of skis. Like you were a badass motherfucker if right. you were on something wide and you were whack if you had something that like included a binding and was good at carving. True. Like the lack of versatility. Shout out to the RCM. I, I ski front side <laughs> only on pontoons. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'd say how like, oh no, it's not that bad, not that bad. Like it's good because I only ski trees. Like now you probably don't. You know, but um, I mean, the, I think the, it's the it's the vocals fault. Like it's the vocal mantra's fault for yeah. that part, like partly vocal mantra. Because like for whatever reason at the time, if you're a badass gear, ex ski racer, whatever, and you went and you bought this like wide bodied two full sheets of metal power good wood core ski and you're just ripping it. And it's like, dude, if you're not doing that, then what are you doing? And you're like, Jesus, this thing is a monster. Mm-hmm. But that was the only cool ski in its class that could actually shred for That's true a too. long time. Yeah. I mean, there was plenty of embarrassing like lift rides where it was like you, me, and Bo with the exact same. Same skis, man. Del Bello, Krypton's, Griffins, and then Monsters. Samurai Sword. Yep. Imagine casinos, dude. Well, dude, yeah. that was that was it. That was the jam. Yeah. But again, I think it was it was kind of weird because that ski like made other people want. Oh, we need to make something like this because this is what's like the coolest thing. Right. And then back to what we we're just saying, it's like now everyone kind of has that that niche figured out, and we're going and testing everything. And then it's the skis that are closer to what you know what used to not be cool that you ski, and you're like, dude, this is this is ripping it up today. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, it's I think people need to think like all skis are really cool. There's just more purposes. Yeah. yeah everything right. like. Yeah, dude, sometimes you're doing a bunch of laps, have something super duper light that day. Yeah. That way your hips aren't killing you. Dude, it really is like knives. Yeah. Knifing, bro. Like butter knife to steak knife. Yeah. Like, dude. Yeah. Think about it, dude. I, I, dude, I, I just thought did. about it. Think about it for a second. Like butter knife, that's what you're that's what you're gonna bring up to hood. Take a couple Wendell's laps. What about the steak? Get a little what's, bit. Hold on, steak what's is, what's your butter knife? My butter knife? Going off this season skis that you've skied on, either the uh, Vocal Revolts or the Bent One Hondos. Yeah, dude, you skied that ski a lot. I love that ski. Well, it's the only one we have in my size. <laughs> Unit size again. Yeah, <laughs> my size is. is always going to come up on this podcast, but I'm six foot twelve. <laughs> Without a beanie on. With a beanie on, I'm, so, I'm so plus what, seven. what would the dogs be from from butter to steak? Where, where the dogs lie? Oh, dude, the the dogs are firm. <laughs> the dogs can carve those up those We're referring to sled dogs. And Hell he's yeah. wearing a sled dog beanie right now. Yeah, and for those listening, assuming you don't know what sled dogs are, <laughs> they are um, they're they're boot skis, they're all in one boots binding <laughs> skis. They're, they're boots binding skis, all in one. Don't get any ideas. Um, if you want to see Garrett? If you want to see Garrett's sled dog edit? Peep Ski Monster TikTok. It's True. it's lit. It's probably lit. a good idea to plug the socials anyway. Yeah. At the Ski Monster. At the Ski Monster. Give us a follow. We'll be uh TikTok and tweeting. Doing our thing. Yeah. So Giorgio, what's your butter and what's your steak? Going, well, dude, I'm I like this. This what's, yeah. what's, yeah, what's steak? <laughs> this can't be the first time somebody <laughs> has said this. <laughs> what's your butter knife? What's your steak knife, bro? What's my butter? No, but something like it has to be in between. That's like a kitchen knife. I feel like I feel like a uh, ripstick is your butter. Ripstick black is your like normal 
uh, kitchen knife and then like steak oh, no, knife. Those no, those, they're both. Those, those can knife turns, dude. Yeah. hundred mm. percent. You can also have a steak. All right, maybe we can move up. But so you can also rib have a, stick. Have a steak knife that's serrated too. You have a serrated knife. You're going to serrate, dude? I'm so just what saying would, you can. what would a serrated knife be good in? That would be good in, um, you know, mm. kind of like it's kind of crusty. It gets good through crust. Yeah. Mm. Crust and crud, dude. Yeah. Crud buster. Dust on crust. Yeah. Yep. This is getting out of, out of control, but I like it. Butter and, butter, I mean, butter and steak. I think we all got a little excited once I brought <laughs> up the knife analogy. So what's your, what's your steak, though? You got to answer. Okay, my steak knife? Yeah. Um, so, hold on. With a steak knife, like, I'm at, I'm like. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Think of the juiciest piece of steak. Like I'm You're on Outback. Dude, I'm kind of thinking like a steak, a steak knife. Asking for it. Like, I got to cut pretty oh, big lines yeah. probably, right? Yeah. I'm yeah. cutting. Okay. Um, dude, a steak knife. I think I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Ranger 108 or 115. Mm. Okay. Or 116, okay. whatever the waist is now. The new what one, is it? yeah, 116. 116. Wait, it goes all the way up there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yep. Yeah. We, we actually got some really good shots and some really good turns out of 116 out, out in Jackson. Yeah, we did. Must be nice. It was awesome. Some serious, like legit best skiing I've skiing. ever had. Yeah, like legit powder skiing. Twenty inches. I mean, yeah, okay. I don't, I don't even know. I mean, it, it was just, it was, it was so good. I, I, I've never skied anything like that, that consistent for that, that long before. I mean, it was incredible. Jackson Hole is the shit. It's the best. And we actually got in trouble with that ski because we didn't bring it back to the tent. Didn't bring a lot of skis back. It's right here the in ri- the studio. The ri- no, 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 no. No, that day because we we're supposed to be testing. Yeah, yeah. So we, we, we uh, were, I mean, we were testing. We just tested longer. So right. we had the Ripstick 116 and we, uh, no, uh, we had the, the Ranger 116 and we had the Ripstick, mm-hmm. which is 116 too, right? Yeah, Matt yeah. smoked the crap out of that ski. Yeah. And both Lando and MJ ratted us out. Oh, really? To Damien. We got yelled at. Shots fired. Mm-hmm. George and I. Tried to go back, but it was all Berkowitz. It was like, no, we need to get shots. We'll keep the skis out here all day. Yeah, that's true. MJ, you heard it here first. Yeah. yeah. Lando, you got that. Then she took us out to dinner. Mm-hmm. So she couldn't have been that mad. What'd you eat? Steak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you bring the skis? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, this thing's the steak knife, son. <laughs> that was Damn. actually really, that was, that was a fun day because Matt was, he was so nervous because obviously we were out all day and the skis were supposed to be circulating in the free skier test. And we were just kind of getting shots out in the backcountry of Jackson. And of course, he's now getting te- like texts and messages as we're coming back in. And he was like, dude, they're so fucking mad at me. Oh my God, they're so mad. And then we get back and MJ, who works for Elon, um, she, she basically, you know, she was mad, but jokingly mad. And then Matt was so nervous to even face her. And then literally she was like, do you guys want to go out to dinner? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I thought you were mad at us, and she's like, "Well, Jeff told me to take you guys out to dinner." <laughs> <laughs> Damn, it was sick. It was a good time. Cool. Um, so, any other questions? I think you? I think this was a really awesome very first episode of the Boston Ski Party inaugural episode. Yeah, I mean, it's fitting that we that you, you know, the pod father of Ski Monster, and me and George were on the same first episode. I'm honored. Yeah, man, this is awesome. The pod. <laughs> <laughs> that's my name bro <laughs> dude when i was applying for a job here dylan was like you got any nicknames I was like yeah dude Podfather. father <laughs> yeah dude how did you get hired here again 
I slid into George's DMs. Yeah, bro. you did. Yeah, sick, I did. <laughs> and I was like, yo, dude, remember that guy who used to come up to you and be like, get ready for the pod? That was me. <laughs> and I want to work for you. It's time. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for the but pod. But yeah, no, real talk. I That's the keys to getting hired here. You got to slide. Actually, George doesn't use Instagram anymore. No, I'm off mm. Instagram right now. Dude. If you had gone off Instagram a few months earlier, I never would have been hired here. I know. That's, I kind of well, wonder actually, if I got to reactivate it. I probably would have slid into You'll Eric's You'll reactivate after something. that photo I sent you today. Yeah. Talking to Giorgio. It was a sick skiing photo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys' uh, Jackson Hole photos <laughs> are going a long way. Dude, there's, there, we have, I mean, we were shredding in epic conditions for a long it was incredible. oh wait you were i haven't heard anything about this well dude you should go on instagram ski monster the ski monster dude at the ski monster instagram every time a photo from that jackson hole trip pops up on the instagram i'm like oh geez this again oh yeah here's a throwback to that last time <laughs> we were, uh, <laughs> with free skier in jackson yeah no I, flashback I'm, friday throwback dude, thursday i i would be i would be jealous i would have fomo but Someone's got to hold down the shop. Yeah, we could have scabbed like Tyler. Yep, that's true. He was there. That's true. Wasn't invited. One of our one of our uh, team members here at the shop just happened to go out to Jackson Hole at the same time as Eric, George, and AP <laughs> and Matt for Powder Week. Total free scab. skier week. Sorry. And then <laughs> Dylan and Neil, <laughs> dude. <laughs> free skier. Then Dylan and Neil <clears throat> have a backcountry trip right after we get back, and Tyler is somehow in. Mm. Or flights, Palisades, excuse me. Flights lined up. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Interessante. Went on sabbatical. Yeah. That's right. That's Ski right. trip sabbatical. Yeah. So, yeah. But it's been real. Giorgio. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Thanks for being on. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. All right. Peace. Cool.